0: Welcome to another episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Today's recur- record date is TURDOS, 2nd seed, the 22nd. And our show is sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com for quality headphones and 30% off. You'll need our code off the record at TweakedAudio.com and also by Audible. audibletrialcom slash Network. Download your free book today at Audible, and we'll talk about them later on in the show, of course. Uh, you can find us at Elder Off the recordcom You can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elder Scrolls Off the Record. And you can tweet us at Elder Scrolls OTR. You can watch this episode live. Well this particular episode is live on our YouTube channel. We're trying something new out today, guys. That is youtube.com slash quest gaming network. And that's at 7 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. We also have a Twitch channel. We stream there, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Oh, boy, we're going to be talking about the big elephant in the room, Craglorn. Craglorn has launched today, folks. We got your information right here. Also, PvP gear. That made it into the game. We'll catch you up on some of that. Uh, these, uh, the week in-game will include Elder Scrolls Online and Skyrim, and for the Elder Scroll, lose Lore segment, he'll be talking about Bravel or Braville, daughter of the Nibbin, in-game book. Um, like I said, we've got your patch notes, we've got your emails, I am your humble host and fellow Tamrielic traveler, Yvarwin. And I'm joined by the one and only Lore Master himself, Lewis, the Lore Master, the Craglorn Master himself, Olan.
1: Hello, Ivarwin. Thank you for the kind of intro. Although Craglorn Master, not sure, <laughs> not yet though. Still young. Hello,
0: Twitch. Hello, YouTube. What's going on? Hello, hello, hello. And the one and only Shank, 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 Shank the Tank, Shank the Spieler from Shank Spiel and Totally Heroes, and Elder Scrolls off the record, and just by internet awesomeness, Shank the Tank.
2: What's up, internets? Uh, Nice to see your lovely digital faces again. Awesome show for you tonight. And, uh, yeah, cool stuff.
0: And there you have it. Uh, So... (laughs) We've got a couple of things that we want to mention very quickly. Uh, Lou, would you mind taking us into our uh, first quick to mention today?
1: Sure thing. As Brian just mentioned, something quick. It's been a slow news week, despite the release of Craglorn, which we'll be getting to very shortly. Be on the lookout for the official Elder Scrolls Online poster pack. That's right, poster pack, which is due to release next week, and it will contain forty posters inside. Wow,
0: Jesus, dude! Yeah, forty posters. Wow. I can't wait for that to to release. I'm gonna be, uh, I'm definitely gonna be getting that. Um, also, I just want to announce uh, a couple of things. Number one, after we're on episode 111, after 100 plus episodes of writing Elder Scrolls off the record, I I am no longer going to be writing the show anymore. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, man. <laughs> uh, instead, I, I've got a geez, everything, everything is going to hell in a handbasket here, folks. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm no longer going to be writing the show anymore. Um, things are, are very, very busy for me here. And what we're trying to uh, do what we can in order to um, sort of alleviate that a little bit. Uh, so I've actually asked Shank to write the show from from here on through and he he humbly accepted. So uh I just wanna say thank you, Shank, and uh if the sh- if the show sucks from here on through, it's Shank's fault. <laughs>
2: That's actually very true. That's actually very true. Um Fortunately hopefully I uh, myself along with Dave and Brian uh all co write totally heroes, so Hopefully, this one, I don't screw up this show too much. You know, maybe, maybe we talk about World of Warcraft for three episodes instead of Elder Scrolls. I don't know. Something like that could happen. I can't guarantee that it won't.
0: Probably a bad idea. Let's not do that. Um, I can, I can say this as long as there's, as long as there's an Elder Scrolls game to play, there will be Elder Scrolls off the record. Uh, however, um, you know for for a while, or at least for for the time being, or, or maybe even forever, um, I can't be the writer. There's just too many things that, that I have to do, and I've been neglecting a lot of things here at the network. Uh, so I got to take care of that. But other than that, on your end, you're not going to be hearing anything different. Um, we may We may uh, retool the show a little bit, and that's the other thing I want to bring up is uh, if there's something that you would like to hear that we're not doing on this show. Send us an email. Let us know or tweet at us. All right. Uh, you can again at Elder Scrolls OTR. Send us your your uh, ideas that you'd like to hear on the show, or email us at Elderscrolls Off the Record at gmail.com, And we're we're looking to do some some new fun things for the show. Uh, we we haven't really put our minds together yet, so uh, we want to hear what what you have to say, and uh, we also got to get together and see what what we want to do for the show. Uh, so, before we go into Craglorn, guys, is there anything else that we want to bring up before we, uh, get into the show proper? Maybe Lou, or maybe Shank? No?
1: Well, I'll just say the patch notes are out, folks. Um, you know, during the show, or after the show, take a look at them, just go over them. So no surprises for you when you log into the game later on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Dave is not here. He, uh, he took the yes. night off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we, we do miss him on the episode, but um, we're glad he's not here for a few reasons. Number one, he's awful. And number two, he needed the night off, and he's more than welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, Dave, nah, Dave. Well, you'll, 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 uh, he'll be back next week, of course. Oh. Uh, so it's that safe. means we're getting into our first discussion point, and... In their tongue is Dovah King, Dragon Ball. <laughs> Their tongue is... We're going to do it a second time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I left the uh, auto-repeat on.
1: <laughs> so good. We had to hear it twice.
0: Indeed. Craglorn has launched today. Yesterday, Wednesday, May 21st, Austin announced on their site, ElderScrollsOnline.com, that Crag- the Craglorn update would be launching Today and that the servers will be down from 8 a.m. Eastern on the North American mega-server to 10 p.m. Eastern on the European mega-server. After the mega-servers come back up, Craglorn will be available for everyone to play. And Shank, they've got a quote for us right here, do they not?
2: They do, and they say, uh, quote, We are very happy to announce that Update 1, including Craglorn, will hit the live server starting tomorrow, and we will be bringing the servers offline to begin deploying Update 1. This update delivers new four-player quests and delves, more exploration, our first 12-player trials, and a
0: host of fixes and improvements. Uh, Indeed. Now, we've got the patch notes here for you, and we're going to actually skim down them and and, uh, talk about some of these things. Uh, this patch, all right, this update is the first major update in, in Elder Scrolls Online, uh, and they say that you can explore all of Craglorn in four-man teams with a new story and lots of side quests. There are, uh, more delves will be in the game as well. 12-man trials to give, uh, which will be giving upgraded armor and weapons. And also confirmed by one of our listeners, uh, on Twitter, uh, what's his name? The Dirty Pony. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks. This just in from the Dirty Pony. <laughs> uh, he confirms that Shadowplay now works with Craglorn Patch for both manual recording and Twitter streaming. End quote. Uh, we have also not seen the uh, the much anticipated field of view slider that is not in the game. That was that was confirmed by many different sources as well. Um. Sorry, folks. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe, next time, I guess. All right. So, L- Lou, uh, do you have the, the patch notes in front of you?
1: Yes, I do. All
0: right. Would you mind uh, getting into that, that first little bit right there on the top?
1: All right. What we're going to do uh, right here. All right. The first in the patch notes, they're just going to give us a quick overview. And this is coming from Gina Bruno, who put up the patch notes. All right, and I'm going to read you the intro. Mm-hmm. All right. First of all, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, now this is version 1.1.2. Of course, it contains our first major content update, which is the Adventure Zone, Craig Lorne. And was introducing many of the fixes and refinements. Okay. And, of course, they told us... That you're going to need allies to tackle these new challenges. The quests, Craglorn, the exploration aspects of Kraglorn, they are designed for groups of four people. Not only four people, but groups of four where you are veteran rank 10 plus. <laughs> However, it became important to note you can enter Kraglorn and play the content earlier than veteran rank 10. All right, Which is true because I'm in there right now as my veteran rank 3 sorcerer. I haven't done much though, but... I'm in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, remember, that, as we've already mentioned, they've added their first trials in Craglorn, right? The twelve-player adventures that are meant to test even the strongest heroes. And as they mentioned before as well, your team will have a limited number of resurrections to use as you attempt to reach the final boss. And if you finish trial quickly, you may earn a place on the leaderboards and receive extra rewards. And a nice new feature they added in, they call it the Death Recap. All right, this little low screen will pop up. It's going to help you understand what contributed to your death and provide hints to you that can help improve your performance for the next time. All right, I believe it's uh, the last four things that hit you. Right. If I remember correctly, so you the last four attacks that hit you and, of course, the death blow. And then you'll – you I think be able to mouse over it and you'll see a hint or in the bottom part of the screen and tell you, all right – this hits you this is what you can do next time to help avoid it mitigate it or avoid it altogether
0: and alongside all of that they're also saying that there's uh, going to be tons of tons of fixes etc cetera, etc cetera. all right uh so obviously the the big to do right now is is of course craglorn uh the adventure zone designed for groups of of four veteran ranked characters to explore located Between Cyrodiil and Skyrim, a new quest is available in Mournhold, Wayrest, and Elden Root, and that'll lead you to the zone. So if you're wondering where the first parts of that questline are going to be, they actually tell you right here in the patch notes. Uh, We know about Trials, we know about the leaderboards, and uh, here's a a new thing, uh, Trial of the Week. Shank, would you mind?
2: Sure. So trial of the week. Uh, this, this is a new thing that they're uh, adding, I guess. Uh, the, the trial of the week starts and ends at, at specific times, which will be different for the North American and European mega servers. Uh, so specifically for the North American trial of the week, uh, this starts on Tuesdays at 2 Eastern and ends on the following Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern. So it's basically a week, uh, Tuesday to Tuesday from 2 p.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, then they have a European trial which starts on Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern and ends the following Tuesday at 12 a.m. Eastern. So it looks like the Tuesday, uh, the European and North American are both on Tuesday, but they're staggered by a few hours here, uh, which kind of makes sense. You know, totally different time zones and whatnot. Sure. Uh, they they continue. If you're on the trial leaderboard, you will be rewarded when the trial of the week ends, and you can expect your item in the mail. Uh, a new trial of the week is selected at the trial of the week start time. The trial of the week leaderboard is cleared when the new trial of the week begins. so for all you folks that want to run all these crazy
0: trials, man yeah <laughs> um I like this idea trial of the week it uh, it definitely sounds it sounds fun and interesting. North American Trial of the Week starts Tuesdays, 2 p.m., ends uh, following Tuesday, 8 a.m. So, so you got a whole week to, to do this, sucker. And um, and good luck. Uh, they've also increased Veteran Rank up to 12. You can earn up to Veteran Rank 12 as you continue your adventures in Craglorn. Additionally, the Veteran XP earned from killing enemies has more than doubled. Now, I don't know if that's all around or if that's while you're in Craglorn I'm 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 assuming that's got to be just in Craglorn. So hopefully we can get some clarification on that at, at some particular point. Uh also this is an interesting change too for dungeon chests. chests within instances have undergone two changes. Shared chests Each player in the group whose character is within 50 meters of the chest when it is unlocked will get an individual roll on the chest. Also, they reduce the number of chests since each chest yields rewards for all group members. We've reduced the number of chests in instances to two total. Each instance will always have two chests in them, but the location of these two chests will be random within the dungeon. And they also say that these changes do not affect chests that appear in public spaces, only those within instances. So the, the long and short of this is every four-man instance you go into will have two chests in them. But they're going to be in random locations. And they're also saying that they're going to be shared. So every player in the group whose character is within 50 meters of the chest, when it's unlocked gets an individual roll on the chest. So you have 40, excuse me, you have 4 people in the group. They're in the instance. One person unlocks it. Everyone who's within 50 meters of that chest unlocking gets to open up the chest and grab their own thing out of it, which is going to be completely different than the the guy the the thing the guy next to you grabbed out of it. So I think that's that's a pretty interesting change. Uh, Lou, what do you think about that?
1: I think it's a welcome change. All right, because, you know, uh, well, what's one of the big things that affects people in MMOs, the fact that, uh, uh, especially loot drops, you know how, mm, I hate to say, you know, it brings out the worst of people sometimes. Yeah. You know, especially when it's high quality loot or stuff that, you know, a couple of people can use that's in your group. And at least now it gives the people the option to say, you know what? Again, what's the first thing they said? 15 meters of the chest? All right. Everyone's had – ch- they've got a shot at it. Okay, Not just the one person who popped it open. Everyone there has an you know, honest chance to get whatever's in there. Now, conversely, I, I do like the fact that they reduced the number of chests. Otherwise, you know what? Uh, this is probably just too much stuff going around. And, and I guess the the – the materials I want to put in there, like the gear, the weapons, accessories, I guess to help prevent all that stuff uh, – I guess flooding the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if it's buying an equip. I think that's one control measure they put in there saying, you know what? If there are five, now there are only two because otherwise – you know, if everyone gets what they want in the first two, the other three are just free-for-all and everyone just sell it on on the, uh, the guild store. But I also do like the fact that it's random. Mm-hmm. Okay. So hopefully, you know, for whatever reason, if we do see, I guess, botters in there, at least that's one way to keep them off, you know, off their game.
0: Right. Also the, the 50 meter limit, um, sort of, I guess, I guess that would help to a degree. But, but um, see,
2: I, I interpreted that a totally different way. The random chests thing, uh, I I saw that I was like, okay, so you're gonna have to like go around and explore the dungeon now. You can't just keep running to the a spot where you know that there's gonna be a chest. You know, you have to actually take your time and walk around and explore the dungeon. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: I mean if your group is into that kind of thing, um, which is kind of hard to find, but you know, if um if let's say you're in a pre made group and you do that, that's that's definitely cool, but um, don't think you're going to get that kind of experience if you if you have a pickup group. You know, someone that you a, a group that you find through the, the
2: is, is for this group for system. all
0: dungeons or is this only for group dungeons? Only for group dungeons. Only four okay. man all instances. Right. Yeah. Which I I I like this idea. I like the two because one thing that um that kind of always stunk about it was you You find a chest and you get all excited, right, and then what do you end up doing? You either fight over it or you're just like, "Oh, you know go ahead, dude, you you unlock the chest and then no you unlock it no no, you all right i'll I'll go do it okay and then, like you just kind of have to go to the next one and I mean, it was never really a big, big problem because you know hopefully you you were going you were hanging out with a friend that would if they saw something that they thought you would be able to use, you just trade it to them. But if you're in a pickup group through the uh, looking for group system, chances are you're not going to get that guy, and they're just going to take anything that's in there just because they looted the chest. Right. So it uh, it does make the four man instances that much more rewarding to go through. Uh, let's see, what else did they have in here? Uh, they they mentioned something about the uh, the death system, right?
1: Mm -hmm. The Death Recap.
0: Death Recap. Which they have added. All right. Shank, why don't you uh, read that off for us? Sure. So regarding the Death Recap, uh, Death Recap has been added
2: to the game. When your character dies, a Death Recap window will now appear. It includes vital info about what contributed to your character's death, including the most recent damage inflicted on your character, and helpful hints to avoid death in the future based on how your character just perished. So I see this as kind of uh, good for... um, well, I guess for veteran players, uh, you know, not veteran rank, but just veteran players who are uh, accustomed to the game for sure to learn more tactics and stuff. But also I think more so to the uh, the newbies who want to try out PvP um, and they might not be – I mean maybe this is the first time they've ever played an MMO and the first time they've ever done something like PvP before. Uh, I think this is cool because it kind of – it it shows them, you know, OK, so you were killed – for these reasons done this much damage. And here's how you can possibly kind of avoid that, uh, based on what you just did. I think that's kind of, I think that's good information, uh, kind of helps people along and just doesn't sort of, you know, blindside them when they're just thrown into a PVP for the first time. Yeah,
0: sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Though that's really the, the, uh, the meat out of this whole thing. A lot of what ensues after this on the patch notes is fixes um lots and lots and lots (laughs) Lots of fixes fixes, tons (laughs) of stuff oh my god i mean between and and I'll, i'll just i'll just i'll call out some of the things that uh that were fixed so you've got uh alliance war all right a whole bunch of fixes for the alliance war which is basically pvp um art and animation for um, just general animation, armor, spell effects, environmental objects, uh, including monsters. <laughs> they fixed audio as well, like voiceover dialogue and audio issues with uh, monsters and the user interface. Uh, general fixes for, for combat and gameplay as well. Lots of that. Um, some fixes for the the Dragon Knight. Burning Breath. Fiery Breath when morphed, Uh, fixed an issue where this ability was doing less damage than intended. So it looks like they got a little bit of a buff. Burning Embers, this ability now heals you if your enemy target dies while affected. Uh, Let's see. Can I I just say
2: that there's an entire section on fixes to fishing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nightblade got some fixes, so did Sorcerer, Templar... Uh, bow, destruction staff, weapon types, dual wielding, one hand sword and shield. Here we go. Deadly bash fixed an issue where the damage bonus coupled with a bashing jewelry enchant was doing too much damage. Slightly decreased this ability's stamina cost reduction. So, as you can see, if you, if you, um, if you're involved in, in any of these these things, all right, you may want to check out the patch notes and get into it. Restoration Staff, Two-Handed, Light Armor, Soul Magic, Vampire, Werewolf, Fighters Guild, Mages Guild, Undaunted. Undaunted. Yeah. undaunted. <laughs> you weren't singing! Assault, Support, <laughs> Item Sets, which we're going to get into in a little bit later. Uh, this this actually pisses me off. Uh, and I'm going to call this one out right here. Crest of Cyritol Set. This set now reduces your enemy targets healing taken on melee hit by 33%. I believe that's one of the, one of the PVP ones or one of the sets you get through PVP. hmm. Not too happy about that. And like I said, that's our next talking point after this uh, guys, is there anything on the notes or maybe just anything with the update in general that you want to, you want to call out Lou? I think, uh, I think you had said one in, in particular.
1: Right. Uh, again, I just want to repeat. You know, there were a lot of changes that came out today, folks. So definitely, uh, do not skip over it. You know, I, I definitely recommend you, lo- you go to the site, look over the changes because every class is affected by something. Okay. Um, especially, uh, uh, I guess the Templar, the Nightblade, look over some stuff as well. Okay. So definitely look over those those changes.
0: Um, oh, I got one for you. Dungeons and group content general. Dark anchors now reward all participants with chests from Cold Harbor. Hey. So there's like an incentive oh, now to close them. Finally, yes. thank you, Zoss. Thank you. Thank the eight. Eight plus one. That's not till <laughs> later on. No, not not for not for a while, man. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes absolutely amazing that is a fantastic change um i'm really happy about that because we brought that up on the show as, as something that we wanted to see change and uh it's definitely nice to see that they've been listening to you know everyone out there um and their forums because the forums have been have been asking for that too
1: mm-hmm.
0: increase the difficulty of the following public dungeons God. Butter up your cornholes, fellas, because Village of the Lost, Rassic Wheel, The Lion's Den, Vile of Mance, The Vile Mance, Crimson Cove, and Yill's Fall, Hall of the Dead, Sanguine's Dem- Demence, Demps, Lost City of the Na Tatumbu, and Obsidian Scar. All of these dungeons have had their in- their difficulty increased. So, Shank, are you buttering? I well, you.
2: I had a question actually. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, Salted butter. This is this is the first. This is like the first update, like the first big content update to Elder Scrolls Online. Correct. Yeah. And the date today is something, May something, twenty something, twenty second. We know that the the twenty second
0: of second seed.
2: There you go, second seed. Uh, so we know that the game launched um, uh, f- Friday, right? Yeah, on a Friday, uh, April fourth. So roughly a month and a half, a little bit over a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is: relative to other MMOs, is this within the the uh, expected time frame of the first "quote unquote" major content update?
0: What do you think, Lou? You think this is on... I, I don't necessarily think it's unusual. What I think is unusual is being a month into this and having as large of a content update as this is.
1: Yeah, I was going to say more longs of Yeah, um, the fact that they released Craglorn. Yeah. Uh, to me, well, I guess so soon, in my opinion. All right, because as Jake said, the game's only been for a month and a half. mm all right. The fact that they did a lot of the uh, changes and fixes—that's always welcome, and I'm glad they did. And I consider you know Craig Lauren being in there, you know, as a bonus. But yeah, you know, I, I still say yeah, it's a little, I wouldn't say unusual, but yeah, it's a—it's uh, not it's unheard of. Right, it's not unheard of. It's just different because I haven't yeah. seen it or experienced it in a while.
0: I think um, going back on on maybe some of the. Some of the MMOs that I've played, I think Rift was the the one that had the fastest update that I knew of. And that was close to about the same time, maybe like a month and a half to two months in. And I believe they had a very large update or maybe a large event. Is one of the two.
1: No, they Yeah, they did a major um, uh, class update.
0: Right, but it's not like they added in like a new a new raid or anything, right?
1: No, that came later on. But I know the one of the first major updates they did for the game they actually affected all the all the classes and the yeah. souls.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, I know I I know large content updates for modern MMOs are not uh, a month and a half or two months into the game is not unheard of, but it is slightly unusual. It, usually, you wait about three months.
1: Right, I was fully expecting when they first announced Craglorn that we weren't going to see it maybe until, gosh,
0: you know, late June, early July. Right. So,
2: so now my question is, how much do you think that is? Because, um, I mean, I, I, I have no idea. Because, I mean, you guys keep mentioning uh, uh, content locusts. I know you guys have mentioned them in the past, but they just keep doing content like they just run through the whole game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think maybe it was it's early? to, uh, I don't want to say appease, but at
0: least, you know, no, I'd say this is right on time. It just, okay. This was not, this was not too early and I don't think it was too late. I think this was just about right. If they came out with this two weeks ago, I would say it was just about time as well. There's, there's a good, like month long time frame that we're in right now that I, I think they sort of hit the sweet spot on this one because a lot of people have hit 50. There they a lot of people have hit veteran rank 10. And That's they're crazy, man. I mean, like, Maury's a That's great example. He hit veteran rank 10 um, a little while ago. I think maybe about a week or two ago. And he's just yeah. been ready for Craglorn, And boom, a week and a half to two weeks later, the guy's got Craglorn right there in front of him, and he's ready to go. Yeah, the, I was
2: seeing his tweets. I'm like, how are you already,
0: like, it's, I'm not kidding, man. It's
2: going to take me, like, six months to get to level 50.
0: Dude, I just hit, and you'll hear this in my gameplay section later on, I just hit level 31. I mean, you know, and hopefully with you writing the show, that'll, that'll go up a bit, but.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, 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 I got to level 31 and a half.
0: And a half. (laughs) That's right. Um, Shank, is there anything that you see on the notes that maybe you want to call out? Oh, wait, here, here we go. One, there's one right here. This is a big one. Reduced the cost of all armor repairs. Very, you know, very nice.
2: I obviously I'm not playing it right now, but I can see why that would be
0: an awesome thing. It, it was it was very very high, and it was so high that you know people were. I mean, it doesn't take much for people to complain, but people, a lot of people were complaining about the cost of of armor repairs, and it was it was necessary. I had probably about two thirds of my armor set were broken this week. Because I just spam dungeons, that's what I do. I don't even care. I just hurl myself at enemies just wantonly. <laughs> see
2: I think and that to that point I think it's it's good because i don't know it, for, okay I'll, I'll just give you my playstyle example that's all I can go off of, but you know if if I kept having to sort of I, I don't have a problem with you know having to manage your armor and keep in mind that you have to you know keep uh, upkeep it, but if I'm having to co- do that on a constant basis, and with with my particular playstyle, which is okay, shank, go pick go pick a direction, just go that way, and right. I'll be like, okay, I'll go that way, and if I have to keep constantly worrying about my armor damage, that'll for somebody like me, I can see that discouraging the exploration almost, you know. Because you you have that fear sort of in the back of your mind, like oh man, am I going to have enough armor to make
0: it there, yeah. you know? And and that's definitely a concern. Um, so, you know, and, yeah. and it cost me with two thirds—not even the whole set being broken, but just like two thirds of it was was broken. I had to spend over twenty-five hundred gold.
1: Yeah, Jesus that that was me. the biggest problem was the fact that
0: at level um, thirty-one.
1: Yeah, whether you're one to forty-nine, level fifty, or veteran ranks. Uh, the cost repair armor was, in my my opinion, it was totally out of control and insane. Okay, I don't know who thought this was a good idea to charge such a crazy amount of money for repairs. Donald Trump. I I mean, at lower levels, (laughs) when it's cheaper for a lot of the player base to say screw repairs, I'm just going to craft myself an entire new set of armor weapons because, you know what? It is cheaper. Yeah. It was so much cheaper, people were outright doing it because you know, when you're only earning twenty, what, 200 gold a quest, and by the time you finish another quest, you would have, you, you'd be in the red.
0: Yeah, it's very, very true.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, for a, lot of, for a lot of players, that was, and myself included, you know, that's ridiculous.
0: You had this weird, um, this weird cause and effect where because it was so expensive to repair my armor, and because it was so inexpensive to just build new armor... It effectively made crafting blacksmithing necessary, if or or light armor wear uh, creation, um, leatherworking, and all that. It made that necessary because you just saved money by making your own stuff. And, and-, and I can see how that
2: if if you're the type of player that just doesn't want to do crafting and I would see that you know, now you all of a sudden have you're almost forced to craft if you want to save money, you know. Uh, so I could see yeah. that kind of thing sort of encroaching on somebody's play style if they, if they genuinely didn't want to craft in the first place.
0: Right. And now you know with hopefully the effect of this reduction in cost of, of uh, armor repairs will will have it where people aren't going to feel like they absolutely have to take some form of armor creation crafting. In order to to craft in the game, you know, maybe you want to do enchanting and alchemy, and that's it. You know, why do you have to do? You don't have to do blacksmithing anymore because you can just uh, go through the game, get upgrades, and repair as it goes along, and hopefully it's cost effective, um, and and just kind of go from there. The other the other uh, effect of this is that with everyone doing some form of armor creation, due to the high cost of repairs and the low cost of creating the armor, it floods the market with all different kinds of armor. And you don't very necessarily true. want that either. Alright guys, uh final thoughts on this because the, the, the notes are very, very long. You have to head over there yourself if you want more details on this. Uh it's on the Elder Scrolls forums. It is version one one two. Yep, yep, version one one two for the patch notes. Uh, give him a check uh, final thoughts starting with shank the tank. got nothing man I mean it's just Nada. this huge note it's like so long uh rah, rah, Lou
1: yeah um, there are a lot of changes folks but one little thing I want to add to the art or animation section yeah if you have higher quality armor especially uh, I guess for veteran gear armor whew, it does look a lot better now
0: very nice uh, one quick question. This update, it updated the game, right? Craglorn. Four. You got to have four players to get into Craglorn. Well, not to get in, but in in order to be effective in quest around and explore, you got You got to be grouped up with four people. You can't do it solo.
1: Right. You get smashed.
0: <laughs> right. Don't you think the next update that we get should gear itself to the person who doesn't want to group up? What do you think, Lou?
1: Wait, say it one more time. I'm the, to make sure I got. This. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, the next update. This update was geared for um, high end, level fifty veteran ranked players who are in a four person group. All right. I think this is my opinion. Um, I think it would be a nice idea if the following update, the very next update that we get, or an update down the road that we get, would be, uh, wouldn't necessarily have. You wouldn't necessarily have to be in a four-person group in order to uh, explore and quest around. That it sort of geared itself for solo play and also for group play as well. Like like the regular leveling inst- uh, leveling uh, provinces and areas are.
1: I, I think it's entirely possible. I mean, as we've seen before in the uh, previous promo videos they showed of Craglorn, Craglorn is pretty sizable. Yeah. And I think there's plenty of space they can use. Um, I, I mean, I was in there a little while ago, right for the show. I was doing some exploring uh, while avoiding getting killed mm. <laughs> by anything that moved. There are quite a few spaces there that they could they could drop or, or add additional stuff, you know, to where it's geared towards um, the solo player, um, or the lower level uh, veteran ranks, you know, where you don't necessarily need to be veteran rank ten but there is still a challenge of content for the lower level low veterans to go in there and try it out, you know, and help build themselves up in the same you know, at the same time.
0: All, All right. right. Um Shank. What's well, up? Uh, Your opinion point. on that?
2: Yeah, I I think that'd be cool. Like honestly, um and on this literally just occurred to me as you asked the question, but I think it would be cool if uh There was like a a cadence to the updates where you would have, um, you know, you'd have a group-oriented sort of multiplayer-oriented update. The next would be a more PVE solo update, followed by a group-oriented one, followed by a solo one. So you know, stuff like I think that'd be kind of cool. I have no idea if that's even feasible, if that's possible. I have no idea how they're even developing the game at this point, but I think something like that would be cool because. This MMO from everything I've seen and experienced is very, very different to every single MMO out there where it's trying to accomplish anyway, just because it's trying to bring together two very opposite camps. So I think the update yeah. cadence, uh, to me at least, it would just make sense to kind of follow that, to cater to group and then cater to solo, cater to group, cater to solo, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I would like to see something like that. Uh, this episode of Elvis Rose Off the Record is brought to you by tweakedaudio.com quality earbuds that's what they make uh, by the way if you order from tweakedaudio.com doesn't matter where you live in the world they will ship these earbuds to you for free they uh, they are amazing quality they sound fantastic if you're in the market for for some brand new headphones you gotta check out tweakedaudio.com you're gonna get a solid deal over there I can guarantee you that they're very inexpensive they start at $19.95 for earbuds that basically rest on your ear kind of like the um the uh apples earbuds that come with their their ipods you can also get ones that, that kind of insert inside your ear as well like like these guys right here these are the classic blacks these are 24 dollars on their site com. uh they, fantastic stuff great quality sounds wonderful highly highly durable don't be afraid to work out with with these attached um they'll they'll go the extra mile for you without a doubt so again it uh, doesn't matter where you are in the world if you auto if you order from tweaked audio.com they'll send them to you for free they're very inexpensive and the quality that you're getting sounds like you've paid far more but uh, we got a special deal for you with our code off the record you get 30 percent off your entire order they also top that off with a lifetime warranty anything goes wrong Send them right on back. Call up their customer service. They're great over there. Just say, hey, guys, you know, got these uh, great earbuds. Unfortunately, something happened. They broke. Doesn't matter. Send them on back is what they say, and we'll send you a new pair for free. And by the way, uh, you're not paying for shipping on that either. So TweakedAudio.com. Use our code off the record. 30% off the, the price. Can't go wrong. PvP gear. They said it would never be in the game, right? Can somebody first explain to me what P- – is PVP gear
2: literally just gear specifically only for PVP? In other MMOs, yes. Okay. So you can't get this just me walking around exploring crap? Uh, nope. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Lou. Uh,
1: I, I, uh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry, Ron. I did interrupt.
0: No, no interruption. I I thought maybe you you had something, uh, but you know. I
1: I did, but I didn't want to cut you off. No,
0: go ahead. What do you got?
1: Yeah, yeah, Shank. Uh, Player versus player gear in a lot of MMOs that have PvP is only obtainable one way, and that's by playing that style, that game style. Okay. As opposed to, you know, player versus environment gear, okay, it can be obtained the regular way. Like, Exploring, completing quests, uh, killing mobs in the game, so on. Okay, uh, the main focus of PvP gear is to help facilitate, you know, your abilities against other players, on top of the PVE uh, opponents. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Now, now one of the one of the interesting parts of this game was they had always said gear is just gear, and that's one of my favorite quotes that came from uh, community manager Jessica Falsom uh, a little over a year ago uh, when ESO was still in its in its early beta phase. Now we were promised a game that would not split the PVE and the PvP groups by dividing these gear rewards and and offering special gear meant for just being more effective in PvP in the game. Now, however uh that's really not what we got um now i'm sort of making making a big to do about this it's it's not as big of a disparity all right as as i'm coming off initially, so I want to explain what exactly i'm calling out and and of course i 'm coming from the idea of this should not be in the game at all that 's my opinion it 's my two cents on this. And, and, uh, here, so, so here are the requirements. All right. If you play, um, Cyrodiil, if you PVP a lot, all right, anywhere between veteran rank one and 10, you can start getting pieces of gear, which are very, very, very expensive. I saw one piece up there that was 625,000 Alliance points.
2: Dude,
0: that is a lot of freaking PvPing. <laughs> uh, some sets after some sets, not all some after you collect five pieces of this gear, some bonuses toward player versus player actions kick in. For example, Uh, Bastion of the Heartland set. Once you get your fifth item of that set. Now, each one of these, I'm guessing, costs 625,000 alliance points. Okay? That's a lot of alliance points. So, every one of these costs 625,000 alliance points. And the reason why I'm guessing that is because I I saw a whole bunch of armor sets that were... 625,000 Alliance points. I'm not exactly sure how much each piece of Bastion of the Heartland costs, but I'm, I'm kind of going off this because I saw a lot of sets up there that were that cost. Um, but needless to suffice that to say, if it isn't 625k Alliance points for every one of these items, it's going to be in the hundreds of thousands of Alliance points. I can tell you that off the bat. I know that for sure. So you're going to spend 100, at least 100,000, 100k Alliance points, and more, okay, on one of these items. Collect five of these items, right? Once you hit the fifth item, it reduces the damage taken from Siege weapons and players' area of effect spells by 20%. That's PvP gear. We were told PvP gear would not be in this game. Let me see if I can find uh, another one here. All right, blessing of Potentis. Three items. Once you collect all three items, it reduces the cost of ultimates by fifteen. That's ah, really not PvP gear, I'd say.
1: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not too bad.
0: No, that that's not too bad at all. Um, of course, though if you're if you're wearing that while PVPing, you're you're pretty much a, <laughs> you're pretty much a beast.
2: Yeah. So okay, so maybe I'm a little bit confused here. Can you so say you buy like the the raiment of the huge G with your like million alliance points? Um. By the way, that's a real armor set. Go look at it. Up. <laughs> raiment of the huge G. <laughs> uh, so say say you get that right after you know doing some serious PVP. Can you take that and bring it into like Grotwood, for example? Can you take that armor with that character and yeah. just literally Yes. Oh, okay, so now I see the issue.
0: Yeah, you can do that. I mean that the that, that's really not the issue. There's there was another one here that I wrote down, it was Dominions Curus. Um this one what I know for sure was six hundred and twenty five thousand alliance points to just simply to get that. All right. It reduces damage from players, Dominion's Curus. Specifically, it reduces damage from players. Again, this is this is PvP gear. Um, all you have to do is just simply go into the uh, veteran rank vendor in in um, Cyrodiil in order to see these things. All right. Now, what 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 gets me about this is. The reason why I think this is bad is because number one, this goes against the original design decisions to keep PVE and PVP players seamlessly engaged with both forms of the content. Lou, maybe you can sort of explain a little bit on that and in what I mean.
1: Well, all right, let me. I want to make sure I get this this straight. Um, yeah, I mean they did tell us that there would be no difference at all. Right. I mean, yes, you could get gear from doing both ga- both playstyles. Okay, mm-hmm. one wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily be better than the other, and both should work uh, well or comparably in both uh, in both playstyles. However, from what I see, it's not the case because obviously the stuff I can get from PVE. Gives me no advantage whatsoever over another player PVP.
0: Right, it's it's kind of that that age old thing that Dave's like to, that Dave likes to say regarding uh, rating. If if um, if if something can be an advantage to you for rating, it's going to be a, re- a requirement for rating. And that's I believe that's going to be the same thing when it comes to PVP. At some point. In order to effect, be effective in Cyrodiil, you're going to have to have this armor. Because it re- some of the pieces out there, like like I like I just told you, the Dominion's Curious, it, it literally reduces damage from enemy players. You had another one on there that I called out earlier. Reduces damage uh, by 20% from players' AOE.
2: So, hold on. So, what if you're like, I don't know. Say, say, say okay, say, okay, Shank goes out, gets the game tomorrow, and he's like, dude, okay, cool, I am just got to level 10, I want to go PvP. From what it sounds like, from what you've just described Mm -hmm. with all these crazy raiments of the huge G stuff here, it sounds like if I just started out trying to do PvP at level 10, I would be at a... Very serious disadvantage because some people may already have some of these um, advantages
0: over other players right. purely from the armor.
2: Well, that am I, al- am I understanding that correctly that, or
0: incorrectly? That already exists because when you go in into Cyrodiil, they they bolster you up to level fifty. All right, anyone who's veteran rank ten is already more powerful than you, so there's already that disparity. As these people who reach veteran rank and start collecting tremendous amount of alliance points and start obtaining some of these sets there's going to be just that much more of a uh, of an advantage over you so it's going to become after a while it's going to become it's going to get to a point where people who who PvP a lot are going to completely dominate the map and and people who don't PvP a lot, who who casually go into Cyrodiil, are going to get owned. And then they're going to stop playing. So basically, okay, so it's like basically just discouraging
2: something that, say, like you just want to dip your toe into every now and then. Right. This it's, is just going to be like, well, sorry, you can't do it anymore.
0: Yeah. After, And I'm talking about the effect over time. Not immediately, not right now, not today. I'm talking about the effect over time. You you can see this in uh, PvE content in old MMOs like EverQuest. You hear uh, the, you hear the you hear the thing uh, the conversation, "Oh, I want to try EverQuest." And then your friend goes, "Yeah, well, you know, uh, starting it's kind of tough to start out because everyone's just so much higher level at this point anyway. You're barely going to get anything done." Mm-hmm. Um it's going to be like that where people who casually play in Cyrodiil are not going to want to play in Cyrodiil anymore because people who play that consistently and constantly are are not only going to be veteran rank 10 and collecting tremendous amounts of alliance points, they'll be getting this gear. They're going to be wiping the floor with everybody. Anyone who casually plays PvP is not going to have a, they're not going to be able to hold a candle to these guys and they're going to stop playing. Right. And then what's the effect of that? Now you want to reward the, the PVP-ers with more PVP gear that PVE-ers are not going to, to utilize because they generally don't play in Cyrodiil often. And it's going to create the old MMO disparity between the PVE-ers and the PVP-ers. And then where does that lead? Eventually, we're going to start balancing the classes in the game for what? For PVP and for PVE. Which has always been one of the the weak points of MMOs that have PVP in it. You're going to get so- class balance changes for that that augment PVP and end up hurting PVE. Now this is this is me just kind of ranting and talking and looking like a year and a half down the road, but this is the kind of stuff that happens when you start putting in incentives for people to engage in PVE over PVP. Or vice versa with gear? Go ahead, Shank. No, I mean, you
2: mentioned like the class balancing thing. So you're saying if I'm a Nightblade Archer, say, for uh, for example, in PvE, that's going to be differently balanced
0: than that same class in PvP. What I'm saying is is there is a precedent in MMOs where... Classes are used, the way you play your class in a raid or in a dungeon, when you're fighting computer-controlled enemies, is utterly different than how you use that same character to fight human players in a battleground. It constantly happens, and it's one of the weakest points of MMO gameplay. Because... PvPers will say even though that this particular skill is very very good for for PvE content, it has a negative effect on us in PvP. So then the developers hear this and they take and they say, okay, well uh, if that's the case, then we'll balance this for PvP. And then inevitably, what happens is people who are in dungeons using that skill, it gets wiped or nerfed in some way, and now now people who are using that for raiding. Can't use it anymore. Now, I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen in Elder Scrolls Online. What I am saying is, by a, a game that touted that we are not going to have PVE gear over PVP gear, we're not going to have any change between the gear. Okay. They're 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 starting down a slippery slope by adding in a little piece here and there of PVP gear. Now, yes, I understand you got to be veteran ranked. And most of these, you got to be veteran rank 10. So it's a quite a steep climb. And once you get there, every single one of these pieces costs about 625,000 alliance points, which takes a very long time to accrue. Times that by five, because by the time you collect your fifth piece of this set, that's usually when the PvE, PvP affecting statistics hit some of this gear. I understand what they're trying to do. Okay, but I also can see this as down the road, this is going to discourage casual PvPers from even playing the content in the first place. And the more of a disparity there is between people who play player PvE and PvP, generally speaking, there is going to be class balance changes for the two different types of gameplay because there are two different players. There's Two different gameplay types in the game, but yet it's one class that works the same way, and that can't happen when you have two different ways of playing that game with that one character in that same skill set. Something's got to break, and it's usually going to be the skills. Does this mean? So I'm I'm just trying to see
2: how this could affect uh, like a player like me who is you know obviously very very solo minded and uh, not necessarily quest hopping around the place. Is this going to uh, – could this you know, adversely affect players like me?
1: Yes.
0: Yes, it could. In, okay. in the way of you have a favorite skill that, that you use that does a lot of damage to enemies. But that, ser- that same skill also does a lot of damage to, to regular players. And those who play PvP will, will tell the developers this is too, uh, this is too overpowered you've got to nerf the damage on this skill because I'm getting a tremendous amount of damage coming at me from just this one skill. So they'll take the damage down. But unfortunately, that's the same skill that you use not to kill players, but to kill regular enemies. Right. So it'll basically screw me when I'm just like running right. around the world. Now, again, I have to say, <laughs> this is not what I'm saying is going to come to the game. Definitely. I'm just saying I'm afraid that... Zoss is gonna is is starting down a slippery slope, and that that could be the um, the the end of the ride there when they start doing this kind of stuff. Lou, I'll I'll give you the uh, the final word on this.
1: Well, first of all, I really hope they do address this, uh, come out with a, a response because to me, I think they are starting to build. They're they're on a the slippery slope right now. Okay. That they are inadvertently starting to build that gap between the communities, instead of bridging the two communities together, as we've seen in other modes where they are just at each other's throats. Um, they're they're helping to build it. Okay, I'm I'm gonna rant because I'm angry about this. All right, because obviously,
2: <laughs> Jake,
1: as you can tell, the PvP player you know, will earn the just reward for PvPing, you know, for playing their playstyle, and get gear that makes them both effective, not only in their playstyle, but they can take that over to the PvE side of the house and be just as effective. Right. Conversely, the P V E crowd, all right, they're gonna get hit hit by that proverbial bus because they cannot take their P V E gear and be as effective in PvP because they've got they don't have anything that, that increases damage against players or reduces damage any players because it's not part of their play style. Okay, to me, that's just a pure asinine move. All right, you said you want you didn't want to divide the community. Congratulations, Sauce. You just did.
0: Well, let's 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 hold. Let's just say, all right, let's let's be factual about it too, though, because we're not looking at yet anyway. We're not looking at a gross implementation of this we're looking at certain sets some pieces have um, bonuses to it that are meant specifically for pvp so it's it's you're right lou to say that you know they are dividing the community but it's it's not it's not an unrecoverable division not even close to it i i think I think the answer here, uh, I'll give that once, once, uh, once you're done, because I did cut you off. So I, I just want to get that out there, though. I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we're in trouble yet. I don't think we're going to be in trouble for a while, but I, I do think that this this issue does need to be raised. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Lou.
1: Yeah, it, it is need to be raised because that Gulf, that gap is already, it's already happening. Yeah. Okay. There are level ten players in our guild. Lower level players in our guilds that don't even want to touch Cyrodiil because they see the disparity already.
0: Oh, I'm definitely one of them. At at level 31, I used to love Cyrodiil, and right now I can't even get into it because I'm getting the floor wiped with me.
1: Right, exactly. And you know what? A lot of people don't have a fighting chance of snowballing hell in Cyrodiil anymore. Yeah. Okay, and that probably explains, well, I haven't seen it myself, but why there are campaigns that are dead. Because the gulf, the gap between player levels is so ridiculous. Okay, you're telling me 10 level 40 players against one VR1 player, they can't take him or her down?
0: Right, yeah, and that was the case of the Emperor that was all geared out, and yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, and, and again, well, I'm going to... Yeah. Ma-
0: so, um, just to just to kind of lead off, I, I would say, because um, I think maybe Lou's having a little they trouble with his... No this.
1: chance of taking him or her he down? That's a bad design flaw.
0: Lou, that I think fixed. It, you, you cut off a little bit there. All right. Uh, I'm yeah. just going to
1: repeat it again. You're telling me that if the Emperor was himself by himself or herself, right. a full group of decked out veteran ranked players, 24 of them, it would just be like that scene from the opening of Lord of the Rings, okay? where Sauron's just wiping the... <laughs> me that is asinine design flaw
0: <laughs> that should never have happened oh yeah well <laughs> I agree, I do agree, but I think the 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 big the big big issue on this one is not necessarily the emperor I think the big issue here is let's take a look at at why um why this is why having any kind of incentive on gear for pvP in Cyrodiil is a problem now i I would like to. I would also like to humbly suggest maybe two fixes, and hopefully um, I'm not off base with it. I would like to say that for number one, I believe that a good fix is to, for the gear, just get rid of those bonuses. Have, have something else in place or generalize the bonus so it's not um, just... In, uh, just mitigating damage from players. Have it just mitigate damage in general. So it's not a PvP bonus. Get get rid of the PvP specifics off of those bonuses where they occur. And I think this issue is fixed. The other thing I would like to request is that veteran ranked players be instanced away from level 10 to 49 bolstered PVPers or or have um, separate campaigns for veteran ranked players and level 10 to 49 uh, PVPers. I think yeah. that would help um, a lot of issues that I was personally seeing in in Cyrodiil.
1: Right. And, and I just want to caveat, you know, I like the PvP and ESO. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But with this disparity and now with the these certain sets of gear items of gear being introduced in the game. Yeah. Okay, that's just gonna hurt the community in the long run. Now, I'm talking long term, not short term.
0: Yeah. This is definitely but you start a still see it happening now. Absolutely. This is definitely a long term problem. Um Zoss, please, 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 please consider please consider our our arguments because I really feel that um this is going to be a problem later on in the game, where where people who who want to casually play PVP are not going to to want to do it at all because of these bonuses being required for veteran ranked players to 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 survive in in PVP. And it's going to push the rest of us out. The uh, just the fact that veteran ranked players and um, bolstered two fifty players.
1: It's going to be wasted space.
0: It's already uh, it's already created a, a disparity there where if you're not veteran rank, you probably shouldn't be in Cyrodiil because you're just going to get the floor wiped with you anyway. Right. All right. Um, enough of that, Shank. Maybe you got something else on to weigh on on weigh in on that. Nope. I I had questions and they were answered. Very good. All right. Uh, moving right along to to our Elder Scrolls recaps, Shank. What did what did you do in Tamriel this week? Oh man, in typical shank style. It was a whole
2: lot of nothing, but it was oh god, it was so fun. Um, I, I I you guys know that I I've, I created the uh, my sword and shield character uh Dew, who's also doing the, the the sneaky route. Um so what I managed to do, guys. Check this out, ready? I I uh, I was in Riverwood and I booted up the game. And I played for about two and a half hours, um, actually almost exactly two and a half hours. And literally the only thing I was able to do that I managed to do in two and a half hours was I walked from Riverwood to Iverstead and that was it. That was was it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was – Man, because some of you may know, because I tweeted this, but I, I I got a new CPU in my computer, so I installed it and I was testing it, and I wanted to see Skyrim with it, and it was going running very very like buttery smoothly, and I I just it just kind of helped me just to get totally lost in in the world because I had a mod which kind of improved the sound effects and the you know the ambient sounds for the environments and the you know little things like you know birds chirping uh you know the wind rustling through the trees and stuff like that but man I, I got so completely lost in the environment and i was just just walking and i would literally just stop and just stare just like literally just stare there and just listen for like a few minutes and god it was it was amazing because that's like what it was it's in all the about morning.
0: man huh that's what it's all about man that's it, that's it yeah
2: it was it was amazing cuz it was like in the in the early to late morning uh when i was going through the uh on my walk there and the, the sun, the sun was rising over the, uh, the Velothi mountains, which are the Eastern mountains that border Skyrim and, uh, uh, Morrowind. And the sun was just kind of creeping up over the mountains and like through the trees there. And it was, man, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty immersive experience to say the least. Uh, so that was just, it was amazing. It was so serene and just awesome. um, as a small aside, I went into Shroud Hoth- Hearth Barrow, which is the uh, that that barrow in in uh, Iversted, uh mm. for the first time ever, by the way, ever after 750 plus hours. Um, I was a little bit surprised by how short it is, or uh, the actual dungeon was, because uh, I snuck through it. But I need the Sapphire Claw, so apparently I need I I have no idea where that is, but I need that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, other than that, you know, I, I was like, "All right, cool. I don't have the Sapphire Claw. I'm just gonna just peace." So I <laughs> walked out, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm on on uh, route to uh, to Rifton. That's actually what I was doing right before the I joined the the, the call for the show. And uh, I don't know. You know, I'm just do- walking, whatever, wherever it takes me. Whatever quests I get, I'll do it. Um, have literally no agenda right now except to just walk and just wander, and it's it's very very relaxing and fun. I love it.
0: This is this is part of the reason why you know Todd Howard won a Lara Award. You know yeah. early early in May because of of you know just game experiences like that. It, you know he. Once, uh, once he, once he, he got into the Elder Scrolls, uh, series and had like a major, major design decisions and and development for that series, which I think started with, I think Morrowind, um, all of a sudden the, you know, the series really kind of kicked off and, you know, this, it's the reason why, because you, you can, you have experiences like the ones you were describing, especially with, you know, the birds chirping and noticing the scenery and, you know. It's uh, it's just it's it's amazing stuff.
2: It really it is. is, and like I, I just want to point out, I did, I accomplished nothing. Like there was nothing to progress the story, nothing, no quests. I didn't, I didn't level up. I didn't gain any skill levels. I didn't craft anything. Didn't mine anything. Nothing. It was just literally just me walking for two and a half hours, but and it was. It was really something I mean, what other game can you say that's not an Elder Scrolls game can you just say, Oh dude, I walked for two and a half hours and it was awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's why we play games, man. It's an escape. It is. And uh <laughs> that certainly is. That's one way to to escape is um by doing exactly that. Uh anything else, man?
2: Uh no. Uh I I got something for Lou when he's uh when he starts talking about his stuff, but other than that, man, it was I'm loving my character. Someone, I'm loving the Someone game call game. Dave.
0: Call Dave. Who am I talking to? I'm not talking. I'm talking to my cat. Brego. Brego. Hey, Brego. <laughs> Brego. Call Dave. Give him a call. Why? Why? Because Shank actually gave a really good segue. Go ahead, Lou. Tell us about your gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, for Brego. Speed. <laughs> Brego, put the phone down. Put it down. Is that your girlfriend? I'll tell her I said hi. Oh, snap. No. <laughs>
1: Well, for Hilda uh, Scrolls Online, I uh, actually started uh, an Imperial Templar alt. All right. The altitis has already started to kick in. So I uh, got this character at the level seven so far.
0: It ha- I, I knew at some point it was going to see it better. Yeah,
1: oh, oh, yeah. I know. Sooner at least you
0: got a character at a 50, though. That's all I got to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I actually made it all the way there straight without actually touching my alts. So I'm actually kind of shocked myself.
0: Yeah, that is actually kind of shocking.
1: Because normally about like level 20 or 30, I would have started another character. You got the <laughs> itch. on that one too. We call the same it the, time.
0: the Louis Olan itch. You know, like you're yeah. like, alt, I need, a, I need an alt.
1: <laughs> I need another class now. Okay. Time you got a class. Another way to play the game now. Tick, tick. E- exactly. <laughs> but I stuck it through and now I've got a better ranked player, uh, character up there. Sweet. But for this alt, I am trying out at first the sword and shield. And right now I have... Restoration staff as my planned secondary weapon.
0: Ah, for now. very good. Okay, okay. But
1: uh, depending how I feel when I actually get to level fifteen, I may actually think about going bow. Mm-hmm. Just for more ranged, you know, offensive power. Okay. Okay, but I'll, like I said, I'll wait and see and, uh, how it plays out to fifteen, and see how my play style is uh, is with the particular character
0: with this class there's been i have to i have to seriously recommend resto staff as your secondary because there's been instances where literally i'm running through an instance and i'm the group i'm with i'm just not doing the kind of damage that everyone around me is doing and then i've got a guy in there that you know survivability is a little bit more than mine and and he steps up to be the tank so what do i do I whip out my restoration staff, and hey, guess what? I found my niche in that group. And it's great. I've been, you know, having a lot of fun, uh, you know, leveling my restoration staff alongside my sword and shield abilities. So I would highly recommend that as as a Templar. Or just maybe just in general. just If you're a melee character, having a resto staff, good stuff. Definitely good stuff.
1: Yeah, it definitely does help. And, you know, restoration staff is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, it does... It does do decent damage, and I know in some fights on my sorcerer, I totally switched away from my disruption staff and used the rest of those staff for the fight. Mm. You know, and won many times over. So we'll see. Uh, but with my templar, my god, I I, I literally have no fear of approaching groups and mobs now. Oh yeah! yeah before I'm on, on my sorcerer, obviously light like, armor wear. I had to be careful, very careful, paranoid, careful, so to speak. <laughs> You know, doing the old plotting, seeing the battle like you see in the, seeing the old movies, like 10 moves ahead. Yeah. <laughs> trying to do that. <laughs> but now with my Templar in heavy armor with the sword and shield, I'm like, all right, how many? There? Three? And uh, now no, I got this. Even at this low level, I mean, yeah, it, it can be tricky at times, a bit dicey, but I have no fear. Whatsoever.
0: yeah, Tem- yeah Templar is, is a is a beast when it comes to <clears throat> survivability. It's it's a great class. I, I love it. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, and I'm just like, wow, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> so I can't wait to see how it plays later on that I developed this character.
0: So you got him up to seven then? Yes. Oh, very nice.
1: And, and you know, I, I switched to this particular character when um I, I get sick of uh, uh working on my sorcerer. Because she is now my high elf sorcerer is at better rank three. And you know, I am continuing gosh, I hate to say the word, I'm continuing the grind.
0: You feel the grind.
1: Because, yeah. For those folks who may not know yet, you know, to get to reach better rank four. From better rank three, uh let's see, it's one point three million experience points. Wow. I'll say that again. One point three million. Jeez. And considering you're only getting maybe a couple of thousand, a few thousand every quest turn in. Alright, some give you more, but overall you're getting pretty much crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so well, you well,
1: literally have to do every quest, find every quest in the zone.
0: Well, they did have that thing in um in the in the notes, right, saying that the uh, the experience reward should be increased for that.
1: Yes, well, when you kill monsters in better rank zones, you get double the XP. Okay. However, they didn't mention anything about uh, increasing the XP gain you you receive from turning in quests, though, which would help even more. Right. You know, I I think I'd rather have that than getting uh, uh, the double X or increased XP from just killing mobs in VR zones, better rank
0: zones. Go ahead, Shank. You had a question.
2: No, I mean, but I see. But that's why, Lou, you just stay in the forest killing boars. (laughs)
1: Well, and and I'm glad you said that because now when the the moment I read that in the patch notes saying, oh, they've increased XP gains from killing mobs. You know what? I may just say forget questing because in the long run, it'll be faster and more efficient for me just to join a XP farming group in the VR zones and just level that way. Yeah. (laughs) So to me, I'm glad they did it, but I really wish they'd also paired it with you get a really commiserate gain in XP for turning a veteran ranked quest because if you're keeping the quest turn-ins at a low level but you're giving more for just killing mobs out there in the world, VR world, hmm, what's going to (laughs) happen? Do I waste an hour doing this quest and get this or do I spend an hour and I killed over 100 mobs and I just destroy the XP gain from that quest?
0: That's a good point, fair point.
1: You know, to me, that just encourages farming now. That's it. Because there are going to be players out there who are going to figure it out. Put Do the math and figure, you know what? I'm only going to get 4,000 veteran points returning the quest, but if I just farm this zone for an hour, I'm going to get 10,000 veteran points. Yeah. Guess what I'm going to do?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to quest at all. So.
0: Uh, uh, anything else?
1: Well, uh, I guess, you know, as – I just mentioned, you know, the gold, the award payouts, the veteran ranks, to me, it's just disappointing. I feel like I'm still a level 10. Mm. You know, for the fact that they increased the risk, they increased the challenge, and yet I'm only still receiving that two, 300 gold. You know, that's what I got turning a quest level 20.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right? Now you're increasing you, – you're telling me to go to these zones, do these quests with mobs that hit like, you know, a Mack truck.
0: Yeah, and have, the reward you know, lots is, of health.
1: is. They have lots of abilities. They're using the skills just like we are. Right. And, and again, I'm just saying the risk. The reward is not commensurate with the risk. Sure. But commensurate with the challenge they've given us. Sorry, it's, it, that's just my opinion. It's not there. Um, and the last thing I'm working on, you know, the I'm at level 40 now. The for restoration staff, yes. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. <laughs>
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, after another week. So, hoping to max that out. Um. And I will say, though, uh, logging in today for a little bit, before the show started, and with the uh, the graphical improvements, they the small gra- graph- improvements they introduced.
0: Yeah, small graphical improvement to the game. Yeah,
1: especially in regards to the better rank armor. Right. Uh, the, the better the quality of your armor, the better it looks, so that people can tell the difference. And, of course, you know, one of our guildmates, Brian, he actually made all my gear. And he gave me blue level gear. And, man, the difference <laughs> today... <laughs> Before, I, I I liked the look. Logging in today, I'm like, holy crap. That's what it looks like now? Yeah. This is amazing. Oh, I can't
0: wait to download the patch and, and check it out myself.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it yeah. looks great.
0: So I see you played some Skyrim as well this week, huh? Yes. How's it uh, how's it looking on the new desktop, man?
1: Uh, the new desktop, thanks to the network, Anthony of Arwen. <laughs> I will say that.
0: Uh huh.
1: Always. Thank you, sir of course <laughs> and thank you for the network um, and as you see the new Jessop, I am seeing Skyrim for me on max for the first time you know barring seeing the you know, shanks version on his live streams okay and that's via what twitch now I'm actually seeing the game for the first time in front of me and again you know slash tier <laughs> you know and this is that EMB <laughs> Right. This is just on the generic, you know, the general settings of the game itself. Like, oh my god, this is what I've been missing for the past two years.
2: <laughs> and in 1080p, no less.
1: Yeah, I'm like holy please, <laughs> what is this? This is not Skyrim. <laughs> it's a sorcery.
0: Looking pretty good, huh?
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things I just noticed too is that wait a minute, I didn't import any of my files from my laptop.
0: Well, shouldn't it all be on Steam?
1: Nope I think it's all considered local game files
0: Oh, uh, really?
1: yeah, I believe so. Someone correct me on this or someone write in and let me know, I, but I think it is it's local game files
2: no, I, th- I think you can enable cloud saves and it'll I think you have to do that
0: on a per game basis I yeah, think yeah I, I yeah yeah I, I think I have that, and yeah no no, 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 no when i I wiped my computer once, I reinstalled the operating system a couple of times, and I had all my game saves on on uh, Steam for Skyrim.
1: Oh, but they, but you had to enable Cloud Save though previously, yeah. though, right? Right. Yeah.
2: Well, you do you do this. Uh, right-click on Skyrim, go into the Properties, Updates tab, and at the very bottom it says Steam Cloud. Make sure that's checked, and you're good.
0: Yeah.
1: If not, then I'm screwed.
0: Well, what you could do <laughs> is you could op- you could turn on your laptop and and get that done, and then have that update, and then from your desktop,
1: Steam should automatically download it back on my desktop. Then.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Whew, saving the world with Shank the Tank. Booyah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, you know, although I wouldn't mind the least. It's just like, oh, I start all over again?
0: Right, right, Okay. Right. Uh, download so, all my
1: mods. I'm good.
0: Yeah, speaking about mods, you get anything new?
1: No, because right now, um, now, that I, now that I know from you guys that I can actually probably import my saves via Steam Cloud mm-hmm. on my desktop. I can start rebuilding my mods, getting the ones I uh, you know I used previously. Um, I still hate SKSE.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Who 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 wouldn't?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why that's a requirement for all these mods. I don't know why people use it. I know I'm no programmer, but I I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> why it's necessary? Because it's such a pain in the rear.
0: Anything else, man?
1: No, I'm just looking forward to actually. Updating Skyrim and probably gonna bug Shank to walk me through an EMB tutorial at the EMB on this baby. And let <laughs> Not her run. a problem.
0: Not a problem, man. Well, uh, this week I hosted Classic Elder Scrolls Night, which which by the way, and we'll we'll make a bigger production out of this, um, maybe tomorrow or something, but I'm actually gonna move Classic Elder Scrolls Night from a weekly show to an every other week show, a bi weekly show, I like to say. Um it's getting really hard to, to sort of keep up with it every single week. And, um, like I said, there's, there's other things on the network that I really need to be focusing on. And, um, something like that. I got to, like I said, it's no good. Um, you, you can tell from how I talk about my gameplay on the show that I very rarely ever play anything at all anymore from, from SWOTOR to, to Elder Scrolls Online. Like for example, um, in ESO this week, I was able to play probably about five hours the entire week from the last time we recorded. Now, in that time, I made some progress, but, you know, I'm level 31. And it's that's up from 29 from last week. And in five hours, I'd say that's pretty decent progress. But, you know, what am I doing? I'm, just, I'm spamming quests back to back. I haven't even looked at Cyrodiil. I've hardly touched any of my armor, which is why I was broken all to all get out today or yesterday, I should say. Um, I haven't touched crafting in a long time because I don't have time. When I get in game, I don't want to sit in front of a in, a in front of a blacksmithing station for 20 minutes just breaking down tons of gear that I've hoarded through playing in the game the last time I logged in. So what do I do? I I run out in the world, I get some quests done, try and get some experience because I want to be able to get onto the show and say, hey guys, guess what? I'm I'm at a new level. But I can't do that. So that's why that's why you hear me saying, you know, Shanks gonna be writing the notes and that's the reason why, you know, classic Elder Scrolls Night's gonna be going from every week to every other week. Because between, um, it's, just, it's just a tremendous amount of stuff that, that has to happen behind the scenes here in order to get the, the wheels of this, of this network rolling. And uh, we have lots of meetings, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on and on. I'm not going to. But the fact is, is that um, one of the important aspects about running a show is that you at least play the game that you're talking about. And uh, it's getting to the point where if I don't address that issue, I'm going to embarrass me and I'm going to bring the quality of this show down. And I'll be damned if I've worked for 111 episodes to have the quality of this show start dipping now. I will be damned before that happens. So things have to kind of pull back a little bit. And um, and that's what's going to happen. So I did get some game time in, uh, dis- sort of despite my, my hectic schedule. And like I said, I'm, my Templar is up to level 31 now. And I, I feel like I've gotten some pretty notable achievements. I, I reached level 30. That was a big achievement. Um, I explored Barrow Trench. That was another one because I'm doing the quest in Greenshade. Uh, I got uh, from some new skills. I got Focus Charge from the Aegis Spear Tree, Blood Altar from the Undaunted, which, get that, just, just get it. If you are thinking about off-healing at all or healing at all in a group setting, Get Blood Altar. It is a really, really good skill. Um, I am now two out of two in Spearwall, which adds 15% block rating versus melee attacks. And I am three out of three in Robust, which adds 15% increased health regeneration during a fight, which is
1: awesome. That's in game, in in combat health?
0: In combat. What? Gotta be a Nord. Uh (laughs) uh. But Nords no do. Yeah. 15% increase in health regen. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, I cleared some, some delves and dungeons, because that's what I do. That's what I do. Harridan's Lair Delve. Also cleared City of Ash Dungeon, which, by the way, I did that using the LFG system. LFG system in this game works great. I really enjoy it.
1: I was about to say, how is it? With it's With a slight tremor. <laughs> how is
0: it? No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Definitely definitely use it because and this is another thing that kind of um excites me about the game the player base of the game is is actually really uh more often than not very mature and knows what they're doing like they've been around the block they know when they get into a pug they know the wrong way and the right way to to be in a pickup group and i feel that every single time i've i've been in like a random group i I I've been alongside some really solid individuals. So, so props to the ESO community for, for being mature. And, uh, I definitely recommend the LFG system. So definitely use it and, um, be a good neighbor. Hey, you know, the golden rule, uh, treat people the way you want to be treated and it should come back to you in return. Cause there's some good people playing this game.
1: Yeah, and, and funny you mentioned that, you know, I'm glad you mentioned it because I know the past week that I've been playing, you know, just going out in, uh, especially in like in Stonefalls and Deshaun, mm-hmm. in the veteran areas there, and you know the, the players I've encountered have been great. Yeah, you know, very helpful, funny as hell. Because sometimes you know the zone chat in there is 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 funny, or or even you just say when we're all in the same area accomplishing the same goals. You know the comments that come out of people's mouths regarding what we just did you know, <laughs> make me laugh
0: right, right
1: um and I must say, yeah, I am pleasantly surprised that the player base that you know we've been fortunate to see so far has been nothing but good, you know this is the player base you want your game to have,
0: absolutely, yeah, you
1: want people to see every day because you know it's going to encourage people who are on the fence or people who are afraid uh to play a game that. They, have these kind of social aspects to actually come in.
0: Yeah. I I would say the majority of the player base is, is a solid, solid community. We're, we are definitely fostering a a, a mature, a good and mature community. So, so um, good stuff. And also I finished the Wilder King quest chain in, uh, in green shade. So, Oh,
1: well, I I I was going to say no spoilers, (laughs) but what'd you think of it though?
0: I really enjoyed it. Had a nice twist at the end. Uh, and I liked it. So all right. Uh on to the Elder Scroll brought to you by none other than Audible, Audibletrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Use that link in order to get your free free if it's free, it's for me, right? Your free audiobook at Audible Audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network. You get a free thirty day trial and a free book. Elder Scrolls fans, you're going to love The Infernal City and Lord of Souls, Elder Scrolls books by Greg Keyes. That takes place 40 years after the Oblivion Crisis. Shank, what other, what other book do you think that Elder Scrolls fans would enjoy? Well, funny you mention
2: that uh, for the Elder Scrolls. Uh, there is, of course, The Lord of Souls which rhymes with Elder Scrolls. Ha <laughs>
0: ha. That was, that was really bad. Uh, well, considering the fact that I just shouted that out. Yeah. I, would <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just yeah, anything off the top of your head, maybe a little, Honestly, you gotta, no,
2: I, I mean, can't really
0: specifically for Elder Scrolls. I think well, not specifically for Elder Scrolls, but I mean, just books in, books gener- in I know, general. I you know
2: this is something we're, we're mentioning on uh totally heroes Is a book called console wars.
0: Um, Oh yeah. I got to get that.
2: Yeah, and it it takes place and Brian Brian actually brought this up and just really briefly it it looks back at the the console wars the console wars between Sega and Nintendo mm. and uh, kind of what all led up to that and uh, kind of what uh, what panned out from that really so uh, you know we're talking about video games chances are you're a huge gamer if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> um, yeah I would I would check that console out because uh, I think Brian has read like a, a a, a, an excerpt from it, and he it, it's looked pretty quick, uh, good. So, you know, I, I would recommend, yeah, uh, Console Wars. And forgive me, I can't remember the author's name, but uh, it's... I'm sure if you just type in Console Wars
0: on AudibleTrial.com yeah. it should pop up. So, big thanks to AudibleTrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network for sponsoring our show and The Elder Scroll. <laughs>
1: Library Bookstore, this is Scott. How am I help you?
0: Yes, you have an Elder Scroll.
1: Hello, I and what can I do for like
0: you? Ha- you have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes, I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh my! <laughs> and I give the floor to the Loremaster, Louis! Louis Olan!
1: Thank you, kind sir. And today's Elder Scroll is... Braville, or oh, Braville, who says it, Daughter of the Niven, by Sather Longleat. And this is a novel from In the Game itself. And this is the history of Bravo Town and its famous statue of the Lucky Old Lady. Braville is one of the most charming towns in Cyrodiil, sparkling in her simple beauty, lustrous by her past. No visit to the southern part of the Imperial province is complete without a walk along Braville's exciting river port talk with their friendly native children and of course in the tradition of the village a whispered word to the famous statue of the lucky old lady many thousands of years before the arrival of the Atmorans the native alien people had long lived in the city of modern day Bravel the even then as now provided food and transportation and the village was even more populous than it is today we are not certain what they called their region as insular as they were, the word they used would be translated to simply mean home. The savage aliens were so firmly entrenched that the Bravil region was one of the very last areas to be liberated by the Elessian army in the second era of the first second century of the first era. Though little remains of that era culturally or archaeologically, thank Mara, the tales of debauchery and depravity have entered into the realm of legends. How the Aliens were able to survive such a long siege is debated by scholars to this day. All, however, grant the honor of the victory to one of the Empress Alessius Centurions, a man called Teo Barvillius Tassus, the man for whom the modern town is named. It was said he invaded the village no less than four times after heavy resistance, but each time upon the morning dawning, all his soldiery within would be dead. Murdered. By the time more centurions had arrived, the fortified town was repopulated with aliens. After the second successful invasion, secret underground tunnels were found and filled in. But once again, come morning, the soldiers were again dead, and the citizens had returned. After the third successful siege, legions were posted outside of the town, watching the roads and the river, riverway for signs of attacks, but no one came. The next morning. The bodies of the invading soldiers were thrown from the parapets of the town's walls. Theo Bravilius Tassus knew that the aliens must be hiding themselves somewhere in the town, waiting until nightfall, and then murdering the soldiers while they slept. The question was where. After the fourth invasion, he himself led the soldiers in a thorough inspection of every corner, every shadow. Just as they were ready to give up, the great centurion noticed two curious things. High in the sheer walls of the town, beyond anyone's ability to climb, there were indentations, narrow platforms. And by the river just inside the town, he discovered a single footprint from someone clearly not wearing the imperial boot. The aliens, it seemed, had taken two routes to hide themselves. Some had levitated up to the walls and hidden themselves high above, and others had slipped into the river where they were able to breathe underwater. It was a relatively easy task once the strange elves, even stranger hiding holes, had been discovered to rout them out and see to it that there were no more midnight assassinations of the Empress's troops. It may seem beyond belief that an entire community could be so skilled in these spells hundreds and hundreds of years before the Major Guild was formed to teach the ways of magic to the common folk. There does, however, appear to be evidence that, just as the Sidics on the Isle of Artaem developed mysticism long before there was a name for it, even more obscure aliens of Southern Cyrodiil had developed what was to be known as the School of Alteration. It is not, after all, much of a stretch when one considers that other aliens at the time of Bravel's conquering, and even later, were shapeshifters. The community of pre Bravel could not turn to be some monsters, but they could alter their bodies to hide themselves away. A related and useful skill, to be sure, but not so effective to save themselves in the end. Very little is left of the alien presence in Bravel of today, though architectural marvels of other kinds are very evident. As beautiful and arresting as the benevolence of Mar Cathedral and the Lord's Palace are, no man-made structure in Bravel is as famous as a, stu- as a statue called the Lucky Old Lady. The tales about the lady and who she was are too numerous to list. It was said she was born the illeg- illegitimate daughter of a prostitute in Bravel, certainly in an inauspicious beginning to a lucky life. She was teased by the other children, who would forever ask her who her father was. Every day, she would run back to her little shack in tears from their cruelty. One day, a priest of Sindar came to Bravo to do charitable work. He saw the weeping little girl, and when asked, she told him the cause of her misery. She didn't know who her father was. "'You have kind eyes and a mouth that tells no lies,' replied the priest after a moment, smiling." You are clearly a child of Stendar, the god of mercy, charity, and well earned luck. The priest's thoughtful words changed the girl forever. Whenever she was asked who her father was, she would cheerfully reply, I am a child of luck. She grew up to be a barmaid, it was said, kind and generous to her customers, frequently allowed them to pay when they were able to. On a particularly rainy night, She gave shelter to a young man dressed in rags who not only had no money to pay, but was belligerent and rude to her as she fed him and gave him a room. The next morning, he left without so much as a thank you. Her friends and family admonished her, saying that she had to be careful. He might have even been dangerous. A week later, a royal carriage arrived in Bravo with an imperial prince within. Though he was scarcely recognizable, it was the same man the lady had helped. He apologized profusely for his appearance and behavior, explaining that he had been kidnapped and cursed by a band of witches, and it wasn't until later he had returned to his senses. The lady was showered with riches, which she, of course, generously shared with all the people of Bravo, where she lived to a content old age. No one knows when a statue to her was erected in the town square, or who the artist was it has stood there for thousands of years since the First Era. To this day, visitors and pavilions alike go to the lucky old lady to ask her, to ask for her to bless them with luck in their trevays. Just one more charming aspect of the charming and very lucky village of Bravel. And I'd like to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. The Elder Scrolls Wiki and the Fair Library for the lore tonight. Folks, if you enjoy lore as much as I do, please visit these sites and get lost in lore like I do.
0: This week in Tamrielic Holidays included Fire Festival on 2nd Seed the 20th. The Fire Festival in Northmoor is one of the most attended celebrations in High Rock. It began as a pompous display of magic and military strength in ancient days and has become quite a festival. We're going to move on to our email section, folks, right after this.
2: I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only.
0: Your hands only, Shank. Yo. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shank from Armand. Would you mind?
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, from Armand Motier. That's. I'm just assuming that's his last name because I mean it has to be. Um, yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't it be? I know. Uh, his email says, "Hello, everyone. On episode 110 of EsoTr." You Hi, were talking... Armand. Yo. On episode 110 of EsoTr, you were talking about how viewer support keeps you going. But Avarwin said something like, "Quote: I would have quit a long time ago. This put end quote. This put me in a mild panic. <laughs> so, so to Avarwin. I've been listening since episode three and I've heard you grow as a host and an influential person in the Elder Scrolls community. Ever since you took over the network, I can hear the stress in your voice, but please know I appreciate you giving up your time just to entertain us. To the rest of the crew, it's been my pleasure to be a part of this community, and over the last two years, I can safely say I consider you as my friends that I've never met. Please never stop giving so much, but if you ever do, I wish each and every one of you the best of luck. Sorry for the long, heartfelt email. Your follower and friend,
0: Armand Motier. Armand, do not apologize. Uh, as a matter of fact, I actually highly appreciate this email because it wasn't until I read, I can hear the stress in your voice, did I think that, oh man, everything that all the guys here at the network have been telling me has, is bleeding into the show. And that actually got me thinking seriously about taking what I have this week and uh, sort of shifting responsibilities around. So um, because of this email, I I am now taking uh, some of this a little bit more seriously and I've and made, I think, proper adjustments. So I appreciate that, Armand. And this is kind of like a case in point as to why I said uh, because of listener support, I would have quit this a long time ago. Number one, like i said it 's very hard to do and uh, it 's always it 's always good to to have the listeners come out and say, "You know we appreciate it and that that keeps you going um, and it 's kept all of us going and um, emails like this sometimes help me to to sort of uh, reflect a little bit on on what what we're doing and what I'm doing. And is there something else that can be done? And certainly an email like this did exactly that. So Armand, I appreciate it. And, uh, I appreciate your email and in the kind words as well. Uh, the next one comes from Omenstar, and he says, hi guys, I'm in my forties and I'm married and work full time. I'll never have all the time I wish for gaming, but I fit in what I can, when I can. Despite that, I love variety and have created eight alts with combined levels of about 60. Good highest, man. Highest is only level 15. Feel so bad for Avarun with your, your – uh, so feel uh, – what did he say? He goes, uh, feel so bad, Avarun with your level 29 characters. So uh, I guess he's giving me some, some support there.
1: <laughs> I guess you going to say it. So don't feel so bad. <laughs>
0: right. Don't feel so bad. <laughs> Uh, So there's a couple of things I haven't figured out. I thought maybe Dave or Lou could answer this for those casual players like me who haven't had enough time or experience to figure out certain things. On my character sheet, I've recently noticed that my armor number is orange. I hover over my mouse. I hover my mouse over it and it explains that it's overcharged and I should consider investing in other aspects of my character. So let's stop right there. Lou, do you have any explanation for uh, Omenstar?
1: Yes. Um, Omenstar, when you see any stat that's overcharged, obviously that's a game telling you that you're now being subject to what's called diminishing returns in that particular stat. And so, yes, they do give you a hint saying, you know, you may want to fix this because if you keep stacking that particular stat, you're going to see less and less of a benefit coming from it. Okay. So, what you can do is actually say, um, try to figure out what's actually being affected you know, how is it affecting them is it your what did we say here um,
0: Armor. armor. Okay. Yeah.
1: now, whether it's light medium or heavy it doesn't matter okay what's happening is that you're probably experiencing overcharge for your armor because you have more than five pieces on your character okay if you have all if you have all seven. All right, uh, you're probably getting overcharged for the armor benefit.
0: Yeah, what I did to uh, to help with that because I was getting the same thing, and um, I actually swapped out my my gloves and my belt for light armor gloves and belt. And the reason why I did that is because when it comes to heavy armor, those are the pieces that have the least amount of heavy armor on them. So I swapped them out and I put light armor on and then I actually started to spec into the light armor tree and now my character has light armor benefits which works for me because I'm a templar and I get certain things like, you know, increased magicka pool or um reduced uh magicka cost for for spells that that have a magicka cost associated with them. So just by swapping out two pieces of gear for light armor pieces, I'm now getting a far more efficient character in regard to my uh my, my Magicka. And um the heavy armor that I'm wearing is, is being used to its full benefit and I'm not experiencing any diminishing returns.
1: Exactly. And you know, just to build upon what you said, Arwen, yes, uh almost start when you have a chance. Definitely, at least try what armor did. you know change out at least two pieces of armor that give you the least amount of armor anyway inherently, mm. okay, whether it be your gloves, your boots or your or your uh, headgear, okay, and try swapping to either medium or light, depending on what class you're playing right also, yeah, it's, just, it's it's just Templar right.
0: Uh, yeah, he, he goes on to say, trouble is I have no idea how or what I would do to change things up as a sword and board Templar. He's wearing all homemade heavy armor. Is there something wrong with that? The game is suggesting my character is unbalanced. I just don't know how to change that. So, so there you go. Um, I think we, we sort of like addressed that, that whole first question there. I mean, yeah, he is, he's is a sword and, and shield, uh, Templar wearing all heavy armor, Um, that's what I've done and I've actually taken, so, so as, as a suggestion that you may want to try out, take your belt and your gloves and swap it out with light armor stuff and start specking into uh, the light armor tree as well. And you'll, you'll probably see far more efficiency. Uh, he goes on with a second question. I love crafting, but I haven't figured out yet. How how come I can see so much time is left on current research without going to a crafting station? Is that possible? Or how can I? Excuse me. I love crafting, but I haven't figured out yet how can I see how much time is left on a current research without going to a crafting station? Is that possible? No, it's not. You have to go to a crafting station in order to see that. Um, although that's a good point, uh, maybe maybe uh, Zas should should uh, come up with a way to to see that maybe in your user interface.
1: Uh, there actually is a way for Omen to do that for any of the play bases. Yeah, but you have to use an add-on. Hmm. There are add-ons for that on ESO UI or ESO Head, where they will um, include a, a small little window that you, you see in your interface that will tell you how much time is left on any of your ongoing research projects. Problem is, if you want to role play, no, it's not a problem. But if you're into role playing, or if you want a uh, non-cluttered UI, then you definitely may not want that U- add-on. Then uh,
0: he also goes on to say, also, so for all my characters are cr- also so far, all my characters are crafting. I just really like it, but is that a really dumb waste of skill points to have all my alts invest in crafting? No, it's it's not. I figured they could at least invest far enough to get the hirelings for all of them. Don't hold back. If that's just a really stupid way to play my ults, just say so. Also, why does research sometimes take six hours and other times it takes 12 hours? Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Omenstar. Uh, well, some research, I believe, takes uh, has a disparity in time because those researched items... Are, how should I put it as you research things in a particular type of of um, of tree I suppose i should I should call it that it takes longer and longer to research so for example in in um, in crafting if you want to research every every piece of armor has has different um, attributes that you can research so for example heavy armor gloves has a list of attributes that you can research uh uh heavy armor chest pieces have a whole list of of attributes that you can research as you research more and more of those those attributes from one particular type of armor set or armor piece for example heavy armor chest piece as you research more of those attributes the time it takes to research the next one is going to be longer than the one previously so if you've researched uh three attributes for the the heavy armor chest plate the fourth one is going to be longer than the third and the fifth one will be longer than the fourth that's the reasoning
1: yeah um if i may yeah, please, please. uh one start, it's, it's not a stupid way to play your alts. I mean, they're, they're your alts. They're your characters. As we've always said, and Zoss has always promoted, you know, play the game how you want to play. If you want all your characters to craft, hey, man, knock yourself out. Um, however, what some players have done, like, what, well, for example, what I've done is, like I, on my main character, I've only started investing heavily maybe into two or three of the crafting uh, skills. Ones that directly affect her, which is um, uh, tailoring, woodworking for staves. All right, and um, oh gosh, Um, uh, potions. Sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) for for the uh, for the mana, or I'm sorry, the magical potions that I can create, or in the health potions I can create. Okay, that's what some players have done. Like they'll take one character, and all they do is two or three crafting. They make another character. That character only does these three or two or whatever. That way everything spread out and you don't have to constantly, I guess, clutter up your inventory with um, all the crafting resources that you can get in the world. Okay. Um, and as I've already mentioned before, with the research, um, you have to remember when you research, when you have all the, the items out there, especially what's armor or for weapons, when you look at that menu… Like, for example, a dagger will have all those traits available to research. You know, weighted, precise, impenetrable divines, and so on. What you could do to help save yourself time, especially if it's going to benefit uh, that particular character's class, playstyle, always research the traits that are going to benefit that class or your playstyle. So, if you're in a knight blade and you're going to go uh, dual wield, you may want to look into daggers and the one-handed swords and then go for the traits right off the bat that will benefit your class, like precise. Okay, I believe that that adds to uh, spell and armor penetration. Mm. I'm not sure. Someone needs to you know, correct me on that if I'm wrong. Or weighted, meaning your weapons attack faster. Yeah. Okay, what you want to do is research the traits you need the most first that way you have the least amount of time okay cuz the first thing you do is 6 hours the next trait you research is doubled so it's 12 hours then you want to research the third trait on a dagger now it's 18 hours and it, it goes exponentially from there right so you definitely on any piece of gear any piece of any weapon definitely do the research first on the traits you need the most you know like for me uh, what's the one sturdy which lessens the effect of dying, I mean, uh, the cost, or avoid decay when you die. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, it helps, but you know what? It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> so save those traits for last. You know, the ones that take seven days. Yeah, like, you're not going to worry about that stat. You don't need it.
0: Right. All right. Well, great, uh, great email there from, from Omenstar. We appreciate it. And hopefully we answered your questions. Uh, for everything Quest Gaming Network, head over to questgamingnetwork.com. Uh, we've got a whole lineup of shows that you want to check out, like like Classic Elder Scrolls Night, Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, as well as Swotory Forge, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Then closely followed by Totally Heroes, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern. The, the uh, blog of... Shank and Brian Armstrong and David Adams on the gaming industry for that week. Random thoughts by gaming experts. (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, on Shank, Shank Spiel, a QGN YouTube exclusive that airs every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on YouTube only. It's 10 minutes long and every single episode is packed with just the most interesting information regarding the gaming industry that you're going to get. Uh, While you're over at questgamingnetwork.com, do not forget uh, you are able to donate to our, our wonderful organization. And if you appreciate us, we would appreciate a donation. Uh, Any amount of course will, would be highly appreciated. $10 or more gets a special mention at the top of our show. Of course, uh don't forget our forums at questgamingcommunity.com. dot com. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash Quest Network and Google.com slash plus sign quest network. Of course YouTube, youtube.com slash quest network and twitch, twitch.tv slash you guessed it, questgamingnetwork. network. Alright guys, it's the bottom of the show. Time for our final thoughts, beginning with Shank.
2: Um, man. I'm having a lot of fun just wandering around Skyrim again. That's just, dude, it's it's awesome. And uh, console release, it is delayed, but uh, I would like to think that it, with all the rest of the content that's going to be coming up in the, over the next six months, hope to see that in the console release at launch. That would be awesome. Just line up and just start up the game with a slew of content. Man, that'd be great. And Lou? Oh,
1: man. A lot of stuff came out today with a with the latest patch, I am excited to go back into the game and start exploring Craylon some more. Oh yeah, you getting killed.
0: <laughs> Elder Scrolls Off The Record and email us at Elder Scrolls Off The Record at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. I'm a Varwin. Follow me at a Varwin e v a r w i n. Lou is at gamerguy eleven b. That's G A M E R G U I one one b. Dave is at D Inforce D I <laughs> N F O R C E. <laughs> he's at deed for speed. Yes. <laughs> and Shank is at Shank Tank. S-H-A-N-K-T-H-T-A-N-K. And leave off that E for improper segues. <laughs> so true. Craglorn, <laughs> Craglorn, Craglorn. Craglorn's out. And if you're like me, you're not going to be playing it anytime soon. But it is nice to know that when you hit veteran rank, you can get in there. And guess what? Once you hit Veteran Rank 10, there's no stopping, man. You just go directly into Kraglorn and have fun. And you know what? By the time you're done with that, Zosh should be done with their next awesome piece of gameplay. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle-Earth Network. Time to say goodbye, gentlemen. Let's start with Lou.
1: Good night, everyone. Thank you all for joining us tonight. See you all again next time.
0: And shank.
1: I have the need for speed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the foos be with you!